Welcome to the Vineyard Church Message of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. For more information on this podcast or other resources, go to vineyardlive.us. To learn more about us, go to thevineyardchurch.us. going on, y'all? I remember when I first had me some Chick-fil-A. I was in North Carolina. I was with my family. We're traveling down, and uh, I'm like, man, I'm going to go ahead and figure out what the fuss is all about, Chick-fil-A, yada, yada, yada. So I got me a chicken sandwich meal, and I'm in conversation with my wife when I entered my first bite of Chick-fil-A, and my mind went blank. I was like, what in the world? This sandwich is pretty good. Did they give me, did they think I was a judge or something? Like, did they give me the, like, the extra good, like, section sandwich? Like, what was going on? And then after, like, the third or fourth bite, I realized that I was missing large portions of conversations with baby girl, okay? <laughs> and she's like, Clay, are you even listening to me right now? I was like, she, she hates that. She hates that, you know? I was like, baby girl, listen, you got to just try a bite. Just try a bite of this Chick-fil-A real quick and just, just chill. Listen, since then, I had my whole family get saved on some Chick-fil-A, okay? <laughs> my whole family. Except for we can't get it today. You know why? <laughs> Closed on Sunday. <laughs> you my Chick-fil-A. Okay. <laughs> so, so, man, we, we went... Then Chick-fil-A had the nerve to, to move in town. And I was telling everybody, everybody and their mama, okay, about Chick-fil-A. Wait a minute, you haven't had Chick-fil-A yet? What? You better get on some Chick-fil-A. You better get on some Chick-fil-A. Why? Because it was good news percolating. It was good news. I wanted to tell everybody and their mama about Chick-fil-A. Y'all know, y'all know, some of y'all know I was like a poster boy for Chick-fil-A, right? Okay, I still am a little bit, kind of, sort of. They need to give me some royalties. I'm just letting you know y'all need to give me. So... But it happens all the time, right? We, we love, we naturally share the things we love, right? I mean, some of y'all talking about, man, that handbag is the bomb, and you tell everybody, right? Them clothes, oh my goodness, that movie, ah! You know, the makeup, you know, whatever the case, LuLaRoe was a big thing. Is it still a big thing? I mean, LuLaRoe. I mean, people naturally want to share the things that they love, but when it comes to the greatest news ever, that Jesus Christ is here, saved the day, made a way for us to live free from sin and alive to him, when it comes to the greatest news ever, the natural thing to do may not seem so natural for many of us. What? What's up with that? I mean, think about it. I mean, when it comes to Jesus who has, who, who's done the best thing ever, made a way for us to live in peace with God, in joy and in, in, in tranquility and all that with God. It's really difficult to share what's on our heart. What's up with that? What's going on there? Well, the voice of the evangelist is here to help with that. You see, in the series Simply Jesus Focus in a Fuzzy World, we've been breaking down how we could simply Jesus, how we can see simply Jesus in a world of so much confusion, chaos, and, and, and all that. And we've also been looking at how Jesus is not only the premier 
evangelist, pastor, teacher, apostle, prophet, not only how he's a premier, all those things, that he's also giving away to the church. He's giving that away to the church as a gift. Check out what it says in Ephesians 4, 11 through 12. Now, these are the gifts Christ gave to the church, the apostle, the prophet, the evangelist, the pastor, the teacher. Their responsibility is to equip God's people to do his work and build up the church, the body of Christ. This is why he gave gifts, gave gifts to equip, to build up the church. And church, we are so blessed to have the fivefold here among us in this, at this house. We heard from the pastor, the voice of the pastor in Julie, the voice of the teacher in Putty, the voice of the apostle in Hap, the voice of the prophet in Die. Can we give it up for those guys there, y'all? We are just blessed to have the voice of the fivefold repping. And I want to carry on in this last week, and we're going to hear from the voice of the evangelist. But more importantly than that, we're going to learn from the best evangelist himself, Jesus. G not me. Not me. Y'all thought I was talking about me? <laughs> Jesus. What I look like being the best evangelist when Jesus is the best evangelist? I mean, come on. Let's get real. Jesus is the bomb.diggitcom, okay? But now, listen. How, and not, not only though are you going to hear from him, we are going to learn from Jesus how we can be empowered to share the good news as we participate more with him. So today's message is called Participating with Jesus. Let's pray and let's get it in. Holy Spirit, Come. You're already here, but I pray that you stir among us. Stir among us to overflow, Lord. Stir among us, Lord God, so that when we hear your words, Father, they, they plant deep and they, they grow to bear fruit that remain, Lord. In every way, in Jesus' name, and the church said amen. 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 Some of y'all got that blessing. Okay, we're going to move on. Um, I'm playing around. I'm playing around. Just, I'm, I'm joking today. I'm in, a, I'm in a weird mood today. Okay, it's going to be good. It's going to be real good. So what's an evangelist? An evangelist is, I'm going to just, just simply put it, a carrier of good news. A carrier of good news. Back in the day when there was, you know, no technology, people weren't on the phones, people couldn't even send, send email, people couldn't do none of that stuff. Back in, a while ago, they sent people from place to place. People from place to place with messages. And after a battle... That was the most significant time where people had to actually deliver messages. Carriers would send messages after battles. And so if you won, you're sending some good news, baby. You're, 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 you're ready to go. You're running. You're, you're going as far as you need to go for as long as you need to go for. Why? Because everybody needs to know that there's good news. That's where marathons were born. You know, you actually had to run nonstop just to get to your destination so you can tell Everybody in your parish, in your community, in your kingdom, whatever. Hey, hey, the enemy has been defeated. Guys, the, the, the kingdom has advanced. Freedom. We won the war. Ah! <laughs> now, bad news, if you had to deliver bad news, ain't nobody had no time to deliver no bad news. So if you were the one to deliver bad news, you would have to like probably take the scenic route. You weren't running. You definitely weren't running. What I look like running and talking about, we lost, guys. Ah, run for your lives. <laughs> I mean, they're probably kicking rocks. Nobody knows the trouble I'm about to bring. <laughs> I mean, I mean, we, 
we, we, you probably can get your life lost because of certain circumstances. You can, you know, lose your life. Telling the wrong news to the wrong person on the wrong day, you know. So, you know, no, ain't nobody had no time to deliver bad news. But good news, it was all, it was on and popping. You know, good news, I want to go. And so, fast forward today, Jesus, he sends us as carriers of good news. He sends us as messengers of hope as messengers of righteousness, as messengers of grace. Guys, the enemy's been defeated. Death can't hold us down. Why? Because death didn't hold Jesus down. And he has died but resurrected, and now he is chilling at the right hand of the Father, and he's allowed us to be free from him, free from sin, and alive to him in every way, all day, er day. Guys, listen, that is the good news. That's the good news. I love, 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 love the good news. And as an evangelist, our job is to be carriers of good news and to show and tell the good news. Check out what I mean. Acts 10, 38. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Pause. There's no way we can live this Christian life without Holy Spirit. If you don't have Holy Spirit stirring in you, it's probably going to be really, really, really hard to do this thing. It says here, Jesus of Nazareth, he was anointed with Holy Spirit and power. That tells me that he lived life as a man empowered by the Spirit. He did not live life as a model for us. He lived life as us. As us. To let us know what's, what's acceptable or what's possible today. Moving on, moving on. God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with Holy Spirit and power who went about doing good. Someone say doing good. Okay. For those of y'all who think I'm playing, say it again. Doing good. Okay, there you go. And healing all who were oppressed by the devil for God was with them. Guys, he just didn't tell good news. He showed good news. How did he show good news? Signs, wonders, miracles. Healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. Signs, wonders, miracles. Miracles, wonders, and signs. But more than that, and more importantly than that, he loved. He loved. If we can't love, then that, that's, that, that's the number one thing we've got to understand to do. If we aren't loving, then we aren't really doing anything in the kingdom. He's, Jesus, is, he said, it says here that he did good, healing all those who were oppressed by the enemy. Jesus, the ultimate evangelist, is modeling to the world what evangelism looks like. It looks like being carriers of good news, showing and telling good news, but also doing it in love. So there are some things that evangelism is not then. Let's go there. There are some things that evangelism is not then. It is not trying to ram your faith down someone else's throat. It is not trying to debate your theology to let, you, let them know that I am right and you're wrong. It is not trying to debate someone to death. It is not trying to condemn the world and let them know that, hey, you're a sinner. You're going to hell unless you're, no, 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 listen, listen, stop it, stop it. If Jesus, the ultimate evangelist, didn't send, he didn't come to the world to condemn the world, then why in the world would he send you? I mean, think about it. He didn't come to condemn the world, but to love to love, to draw, and, and the Father draw, draws all men to him. If he loves, 
He loves. He lays down his life. He loves. We will shine. He shined when he loved. We will shine when we continue to love. It's about love, guys. Listen, we can prophesy till the cows come home. But if we don't got love, we don't got nothing. We can have all kinds of words of knowledge. We can have all kinds of things that we can do left and right here, there, everywhere. All kinds of things that just like, you know, raise the dead everywhere we go, heal the sick. But if we don't got love, we ain't got nothing. We don't, we have not done anything. We are like a resounding gong if we don't have love. That's what Paul says. But if we love, that's the underpinning. That's the foundation of it all. And when we do that, we shine. When we love, we shine. When we are on our showing and telling, telling and showing grind, we will shine. Matthew 5, 14 through 16, you are the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your good deeds, someone say good deeds. Good deeds shine out for the world for all to see so that everyone will praise your heavenly Father. I was at, uh, at Aldi the other day, and um, man, Aldi's growing to be a thin place, y'all. I mean, you know, if you want to go practice somewhere, go to Aldi, okay? Listen, it's crazy. I was in Aldi. I was looking at some canned veggies with my man. This, this, this guy standing next to me. I said, like, God, what are you doing? How can I participate? And the guy said, just get, just get to know him. Just get to know this guy. I said, all right, hey. I started talking to him. I'm going in. We're just having a discussion. Just no strings attached. Nothing. I don't want nothing from him. Just to get to know him. And he's getting to know me. I find out he's a father of twins, and he finds out that I'm father of twins. So you know that conversation went, go, went, went well, you know? And then I find out that he's a Mormon. And then he finds out I'm a Christian pastor. And you know what? The conversation kept going. Guess why? Because I'm going to continue to keep loving him. Loving, no strings attached. Now, eventually, I thought I had a word where he had back pain. And I said, hey, do you have pain in your back by any chance? He's like, nope. And I'm like, okay, it's all good. We're going to keep it going. We're going to keep it going. Then eventually, I left, went on my way. He went on his way. About, I don't know, five minutes later, he said, hey, Clay. I'm like, what, what, what's going on? Calling my name like that, bro? No, I'm playing. <laughs> I said, what's going on? He's like, hey, man, I want, you to, I, want to, I want to introduce you to my wife. It's my wife. And, and by the way, she's the one who has the back pain. Okay. Wow. That's awesome. And he's like, can you pray for her? And I'm like, snap, a Mormon asking me to pray for her. Ah, look at that. God get glory. God's getting glory. So I'm like, better yet, I got to do you one better, my man. You're going to pray for her. Put your hand on the back. Repeat after me. Two rounds of healing command prayer. Her wife was going up and down the aisle in Aldi, giving praise to Jesus because she had no pain. No pain. I like, ta-da. Look at that. Jesus loves y'all. Jesus loves y'all. And he's like, what church you go to again? <laughs> Our deeds shine for the world to see, and Jesus gets the glory. Yeah, I'm trying to rhyme tonight. Let's go. But there's a major factor out there trying to stop us, slow us down from, from telling the good news, y'all. That's the fear of man. That's the fear of man. I remember when I first heard the term fear of man, I was like, shoot. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. If they would have known the mom I had, it would have been termed the fear of man and woman, okay? <laughs> they ain't got no moms like me, okay? 
Okay, my mom struck more fear of the Lord in me than my dad did half the time. Shoot. I remember I saw, I saw a meme on Facebook. I saw a meme on Facebook. I, I, I got I to gotta share it with you guys real quick. Here's the meme. When your mama's walking away and you mumble something under your breath. Now that, is, now that is funny right there to me. I was dying when I saw that, y'all. I was like, Whoa! Shoot. Y'all lucky. Y'all don't know nothing about that, okay? Y'all know nothing about, about that. Shoot. Okay. Church, the fear man, the fear man is real. <laughs> the fear man is 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 is, is, is real. And the Bible talks a lot about it, a lot about the fear man. It's all down the, the scripts. And in Proverbs twenty nine twenty five sums it up best, I think. Check it out. It says, "Fearing people is a dangerous trap, but trusting the Lord means safety." Fearing people, aka the fear man, is a dangerous trap. Huh? Think about that. A trap set by who? Not Jesus, but the one who comes to sift your faith, the enemy himself. So, so this begs the question, why is the enemy sending a trap our way, this fear of man trap our way? Guys, if the enemy can't kill, still destroy you, then the least he's going to try to do is to neutralize you. If the enemy cannot destroy you to help to make you turn so you're working for hell, the least he's going to do is to try to neutralize you, to silence you, to intimidate you into silence, to shut you up and shut you down. That's the goal of the fear man every time. Guys, the fear man will manifest in ways and narratives like, I don't feel equipped to adequately represent the gospel. Or it can manifest in, in ways, I don't really feel like playing a fool for the Lord today. I don't feel like looking foolish right now for him. I don't, you know, think that I feel qualified to represent him. Or what if I get rejected for what I believe? Guys, when the Lord sends you, if you trust in the Lord and, uh, as a sent carrier of the good news, this narrative will sound, start sounding more like, okay, I'm a little unsure about, you know, looking like a fool for Jesus right about now, but God, what are you doing and how can I participate? I'm, I'm a little unsure, Lord God. I don't know if I feel qualified to do this, but I know that you don't call the qualified. You qualify the call, Lord. So if, how can I participate with you, God? What are you doing right now, and how can I participate in that, Lord? I pray, Father, you come upon me right now in boldness. It is okay to ask God for boldness. The, the, the apostles back in the day asked for it. It is okay today to ask for that boldness. God, give me boldness because I'm scared right now. But what are you doing right now and how can I participate? Some of y'all know that I grew up as a drug baby. My mom drug me to church every Sunday and every Wednesday. <laughs> All the time. So I was in church a lot. Sitting on them hard, nasty pews. So anyways, I, I was in church. And I was praying Jesus, worshiping Jesus. Jesus, Jesus, and more Jesus. I remember being in middle school and high school. Jesus, you're amazing. And I'm going to the world with my friends. I'm like trying to be cool and everything. 
So what you do in church? I don't know. We just kind of talk, talk about Jesus. Jesus. Something was kind of like coming upon me, like a fear of what people thought about me would hit me hard, harder than usual. I can talk about anything I want. I can talk about drugs. I can talk about women. I can talk, talk about the club life. I can talk about the music that, that glorified all that. But when it came to talking about Jesus, Jesus something, something was like, skirt, like that's, that's, that's shameful. That's full of shame. That's, that's not right. I'm, I'm, at, I'm in church like, oh, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. You're amazing. Lift up your voice to the Lord. And then I'm like, my voice is gone because I'm, I'm not talking about Jesus no more. You know, I'm like, nah, I'm not. That, what, what's going on there? What I found, that, that cycle kept going, 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 going. And what I found is that it had less to do with me and more to do with the enemy. Check it out. It had less to do with my fear and more to do with the enemy's fear of if Jesus was declared in the atmosphere. You could talk about any other God. You could talk about being an atheist. You could talk about being agnostic. You could talk about anything, and nobody will be offended. But as soon as you utter the name of Jesus, oh, that is just offensive. Why? Why do you think that is? Because the enemy is behind all that, trying to make you feel a certain way from uttering the name of Jesus in public, y'all. I'm telling you, it happens all the time all the time. But this fear of man thing is a trap sent by the enemy. I believe that some of us get harassed by the fear of man all the time too. God has been calling you to do the work of the evangelist, but the enemy's been pumping you with that. Oh, that's not your calling. That's not who you are. That's not your gift. You're not Clay. You're not Brian Blount. You're not Todd White. You're not Robbie Dawkins. That's not who you are. Who do you think you are? I'm a son. Thank you very much. I'm a daughter, thank you very much. And he sent you. He sent you. He sent all of us to do the work of an evangelist. Let me tell you something, church. When those narratives come, when those lies come, come, come those lies have more to do with the enemy's fear and less to do with you. So instead of falling for that trap, realize, realize that when fear of man comes, it's an indicator to press in. When the fear of man comes, it's an indicator to keep pressing in by asking two questions. God, what are you doing right now, and how can I participate? You are called to do the work of an evangelist. This world, this fear will create a fuzziness, a confusion upon you. But when you see Jesus clear, you can ask those questions. Hey, God, what are you doing right now, and how can I participate? During this series, we've been highlighting the book of, uh, of John. And in John 20, we read how Jesus sends out sends out everyone, all of us, as carriers of the good news. And in John 20, there's, in, to, to put context on John 20, uh, Mary Magdalene, she made the first discovery that there was nobody in the tomb. Get it? Nobody in the tomb? Okay. So anyway, she made a discovery, and she's like, oh, Jesus, where are you at? She's looking for the dead body. Jesus, where's, where's Jesus at? Where's Jesus at? She's looking high and low. And then she comes upon somebody she, she thought was a gardener, and then it realizes, like, bam, wait a minute, you're Jesus Christ. And she gets overjoyed. She's probably jumping up and down like I just did. And, and like, you know, like, just, like, looking at Jesus and saying, Rabbi, which means Rabbi, you're alive. And she's overcome with all kinds of emotion. And Jesus is right there saying, yes, I'm here. I told you I was going to do what I set out to do. 
and I'm here. Hey, go tell the team what you see and what you hear. And so Mary left. Guys, Mary bounces. She runs so fast to go tell her friends, to go tell the team what happened. And guess what? She was sent as the first person commissioned by Jesus to go tell the good news, and she was a woman. I'm just saying, like, women preaching the gospel? Hmm. She left. Now, what she didn't do was, oh, Jesus, yes, I'm overjoyed and overcome, but my faith is a private matter. So you're going to have to tell them yourself. <laughs> okay. okay. No, she didn't. She didn't do that. She ran and she told, she told the disciples, I'm going to keep it going. Okay. Um, John, John 20, 19 through 22 reads this. Uh, on the evening of that day, after Mary Magdalene told the team, on the evening of that day, the first day of the week, the doors being locked where the disciples were for fear of Jews. Here's, here's the fear of man thing again. That they were, they were behind a locked door. They were, they were chilling in a room that was locked, huddled, praying, talking about, I hope we don't die today. We got wild, wild and crazy Saul out there terrorizing anybody who loved Jesus. And people are just losing their life because of Jesus I'm confused. I'm terrified. I'm scared right now. This is a, it is a scary time for the church right now. And, and you know what? We would have been scared too. I'd been scared too. Talk about a fuzzy world, right? They had all kinds of chaos going on. And then check it out, verse 19. Jesus came and stood among them and said to them, peace be unto you. When he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples were glad when they saw the Lord. Now, I think John edited some content for a second. Just a second. Just think about this. They're huddled up. They are paranoid, okay? And Jesus just appears in their midst. The doors are locked, remember? He appears in their midst. He is pulling a Jehovah sneaky on them. <laughs> He's pulling out some Holy Ghost tricks. Right? And he's like, hey, boo, peace unto you. <laughs> huh? Huh? Like, like everybody's like, yeah, what is going on? And I felt like there was some initial reaction at first. And this was initial shock. And there probably was some soiled underwear. There were probably some, some heart attacks going on. Jesus <gasps> had to lay hands on people. <laughs> Be healed, bro. It's all good. And they're like, Jesus, we told you, stop doing that. You did that to us on the lake. What is wrong with you? But I love you, Lord. You're here. I can't believe it. Ah! You know, I, that, that, that's just my take. This is my take. It's not in the scripture. That was extra biblical, okay? You can say it with me, extra biblical, okay? That was not in the scripture. The point I want to make is that when the disciples saw Jesus, they were glad. See, when you see Jesus... Simply Jesus in HD, 4K, 8K, whatever KTV you got, I don't care. When you see Jesus clearly, simply, you will be overcome with joy. You will be overcome with comfort. You will be overcome with purpose, with focus, 
Why? Because perfect love casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out all fear. You see, when we see Jesus in times, just know that Jesus is with us in times of trouble. Jesus is with us during times of, uh, of ebb and flow. He's, he's with us when you're hurting, when you're confused, when you're in pain. He is with us. And when we see him ever so clear, know that perfect love casts out that fear. When we see Jesus ever so clear, know that perfect love casts out that fear. Verse 21, we're going to keep it moving. Jesus said to them again, you see, he said to them again, peace be with you. He had to get them settled down. I'm in my mind, I'm thinking. Peace be with you. This is important. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, and the disciples said to him back, or actually, he breathed on them. And the disciples said, Ah, oh, your breath stink, bro, up. No, they didn't say that, they say. That's why he had a breath mint in his mouth. See, stop breathing on people with that hot breath, okay? Don't be breathing on people with no stinky breath, okay? Listen, even when you're doing ministry, especially, okay, there's a lesson to be learned here. That's why you got layman mints. And when he said this, he breathed on them and said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. That's it right there. Receive the Holy Spirit. As the Father has sent me. What, what did the Father send Jesus to do? 1 John 3, 8 sums up his mission statement by saying that Jesus was sent to destroy the works of the enemy. To destroy the works of the devil. How did he destroy the works of the devil? By showing and telling the good news. By showing and telling the good news. By telling, proclaiming the good news is here. Speaking the good news out. Saying it with their lips. And also living the gospel with his life. By healing the sick, raising the dead, casting out demons. Showing and telling the good news. Destroyed the works of the enemy. But he did it in love. Guys, he did it in love. He did it by being kind to people. He did it by listening with people instead of at people. He did it by being patient with people. Guys, there's permission as the house evangelist, there's permission there to, to go and start being, going and hanging with people who don't believe like you, act like you, vote like you. There's permission there to go visit with that Muslim family in your neighborhood. Just do life with them. Or take that agnostic or that atheist out for, their, for, for a cup of coffee. Just to hear their story. Just to hear their heart. Not to debate your theology. Just to hear their story. To hear their heart. And guess what? Things will happen. It will just, it just naturally, our good deeds will shine. It is okay. They don't have cooties. It's okay. The reason why the Son of Man appeared was to destroy the works of the enemy and he sends you in the same way. Jesus is saying, as the Father sent me, I am sending you. And he wasn't talking to a select few people who, they, who felt they were gifted in evangelism. No, he was talking to the whole room. Just like he's talking now to the whole room. He sends you. He sends you. As the Father has sent him, even so now, he is sending you. 
How can you say that? How can you be so sure? Why? Because he breathed on them. Not with no stinky breath either. He breathed on them. And he said, hey, receive the Holy Spirit. And that Holy Spirit that was in them then is the Holy Spirit still here today. Today. And if you're saying to yourself that, Clay, I'm not gifted like you, bro. I'm not gifted like them. I'm not gifted. I'm not, you know what? I don't have the gift of evangelism. I can't do this stuff. Then what you're saying is you don't have the gift of the Holy Spirit in you. And we know that's a lie. If you are a son or daughter of God, you have Holy Spirit in you, prompting you, sending you out, just like he sent Jesus to do the work of an evangelist. Everyone is called here to do the work of an evangelist. How do you do that? By being carriers of good news and showing and telling the good news. When I was in Aldi, um, yeah, it's Aldi again. I was in Aldi and I saw a couple walking down. And I'm like feeling like, God, what are you doing? How can I participate? So I go up to you and I think he has a pain in his back. All right, cool. Bam. Hey, bro, do you have a pain going on in, in your back? And he's like, nah, bro, I'm good. Oh, man, dang, I missed it. You can have fear rise up when that happens, right? Went in again. Hey, do you have pain in your neck? Not that you're a pain in the neck, bro. I'm not saying that. But, you know, do you have pain in your neck? And uh, he's like, uh, nah, bro, I'm good. I'm good. Do you have pain going on in your whole body? I'm good. Fear is starting to rise up, right? Like, I'm looking stupid out here. I'm looking crazy out here. And then I'm like, okay. And he's like, why are you asking me all that? I'm like, well, I'm like, Jesus, I'm not putting, I'm not putting it on you right yet. Just wait, just wait, just wait. I'm not putting you on anyway. You got me out here like a, like a sheer idiot right now. Anyways, I should, but all right. Anyway, hey, girl, do you got any pain going on in your whole body? She smiles at me like she was feeling sorry for me. You know what I mean? Like, I'm sorry, but I just don't, you weirdo. You're just, you're just a weirdo. <laughs> God, you, you, this is on you, okay? Hey, I just want to let you know the reason why I'm even asking you this is because I felt like if you did have a pain, God would heal that pain just to show you how much he loves you, how much he pursues you. And as I'm saying that, like preaching my best, my best uh, on street preaching, and they're just going off like, all right, man, peace, man. I got to go, got to go. And I'm like, yeah, okay, man. Gosh, man, God, you got me out here getting all crazy. I told God a long time ago that, hey, I want to live my life in such a way that I look like a fool if you don't show up. And he usually likes to have fun with that. But I left, went to the produce, did my thing. And I'm, at, I'm, at, I'm in the produce section. And about five minutes later, I see this guy coming back from around the corner. He's like kind of got wells going. I'm like, whoa, what's going on? God, what are you doing? What are you doing, God? He comes up to me, walks up, and um, he's like, hey, man, I, I want to ask you a question. I'm like, okay, what's up, bro? He's like, why, why was you asking me those questions about Jesus? It's like, bro, man, like I said, I feel like God had a, he loves you, man. He, he wants a relationship with you. He wants you to live with him, man. He's pursuing you, dude. Like, that's just, that's all the, that's the whole reason why I even approached you in the first place. And he's like, then he starts to, he starts to tear up. I'm like, God, what are you doing, man? What are you doing? This is crazy. He, he starts to share with me. He said, Clay, I've been running from God for, for years. And over the last three weeks, random stranger after random stranger after random stranger have been coming up to me, talking to me about Jesus. 
And then you asking all these weird questions about me, talking to me about Jesus. And I think I'm ready to stop running. Like, I'm like, I'm like, bro, I'm like, bro, you ready to do this right now? He's like, yeah. Get over here, bro. Just went head to head on him and just started praying. Just started praying. Just started praying. I'm crying. He's crying. We in the middle of all deep. <laughs> Giving our life to the king. A missed word of knowledge. I thought God had me out there looking foolish for nothing, but he knew what he was doing. It was a missed word of knowledge. I was just trying to do good. I was just trying to love on the community. I was just trying to participate with God. And this guy gives his life to him in the middle of Aldi, man. I was like, this is crazy. Crazy. So good, Lord. John 20, 21, Jesus said to them again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, even so I am sending you. Church, it is not about you. It is not about you missing it. It is not about you making it. It is not about you looking foolish. It is not about you looking like you got it all together. It's not about you, but about the God who lives in you trying to reconcile the world through you. Through you. So it's not about trying to, nah, I got to have it all together. I got to get this. I got to get that. I got to get, get out of our head. Just go out and do good. You want to do evangelism? Just do good. Start there and see what happens. See what happens. So the question I have is, will you choose to see Jesus ever so clear, so perfect love will cast out that fear so we can get busy participating with Jesus? This whole series, y'all, Simply Jesus, Focus in a Fuzzy World. This whole series, y'all, has been about hearing from the voice of the fivefold, the voice of the apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, teacher. And hey, here's the deal. The reason why you, we want you to hear the voice from the fivefold is because our job is to equip, to build up, and more importantly than that, redirect you to see Jesus in HD, to see Jesus in this fuzzy, cold, crazy world. And when you see him, perfect love will cast out fear and we can get busy walking like him, talking like him, being like him, studying more of him, understanding who he is and listening with him so we can participate with him. And we can change the world with Jesus by loving the world with Jesus. Let's pray. Lord, I'm so past my time. But you know what you're doing, Lord. I pray that we continue, you continue to bless us even more with your spirit, your empowerment, Lord, to be bold, to ask these two questions, Lord. What are you doing, and how can I participate? Lord, what are you doing, and how can I participate? As we see you clearer than ever in this fuzzy world. In Jesus' name, for Jesus' sake. And the Lord said, amen. Amen. God bless you guys. Thanks for listening to the message today. 
To experience more powerful messages, go to vineyardlive.us or join our Vineyard Live Plus community to view conferences, trainings, and special teachings.